0: Hey, and welcome to Let's Talk CPF, a podcast where we bring conversations on CPF to your ears. Brought to you by the CPF Board, this podcast will answer common questions, offer tips, and feature interviews with industry experts on CPF and financial planning. Thanks for listening, and let's get straight into today's episode.
1: Hi, everyone. My name is Andy, and I'm your host for this episode. A quick introduction of myself, I'm 30 years old, have been working for five years, and have an average salary. Like you, I have many questions on how to make my money work harder, but I'm not quite sure where to start. So I've invited Mr. Calvin Goh, Head of Wealth Advisory at OCBC Bank, to share some tips on financial planning and investing. Welcome and thank you for joining me, Calvin. Thanks for having me, Andy. So, jumping right in, I would like to ask you, Calvin, for someone young and average like me, how can I really start planning my finances?
2: While retirement may be many years away, but to plan early, I do believe that that's a very, very critical point, especially if the millennials want to make sure that they have enough funds to enjoy their short and longer term goals. I think the first thing that you need to know is where to arrive at. And for that, it is best to have a financial goal to work towards. This could be on the basis of shorter term goals, like buying your first home, getting married, or just saving up for that big holiday that you're looking at. Longer term goals would of course include planning for your retirement or even your children's education needs. With that, you can actually project how much you need for that goal based on the expected expenses at the time of your retirement. And you can do this easily. You can do this through the CPF website or by using a retirement calculator that most financial institutions would have. For us, we have this under our OCBC Life Goals webpage. And I do think that having your retirement number is the most important step as you now know that what is your goal and how much you will need to work towards that. Because then the next step would be to take action and to start working towards these goals.
1: Kevin, I hear you about setting up a goal, but I doubt I can reach it when my savings account interest rate is so low right now. So what can I really do to make my money grow faster?
2: You're absolutely right about the low interest rate. In fact, we as a bank also do think that the low interest rate environment will likely be with us for the foreseeable future. So with that in mind, it's even more important to improve your knowledge of the investment space, especially given that most young Singaporeans have a long runway until retirement. And there are many different investment instruments out there. I think the key thing is also to make sure that you get the right advice and only invest in products that suit your needs and investment risk profile. I personally also think that it's very, very important for you to build up your capital base first. And this is after taking into account both your emergency and protection needs. Only after this and only after setting aside your capital base should you then start to deploy your excess savings into investments to grow your funds.
1: So I take it that capital base means having enough emergency funds. How much exactly is enough? Ideally,
2: I would advise having enough emergency funds to cover at least 6 to 12 months worth of expenses. This is usually enough to tide you through unfortunate situations such as job losses. And I do think that what we've seen last year after the COVID situation, that it's especially important to plan for these kind of unexpected circumstances. The whole idea behind this emergency funds is that you do not have to resort to borrowing and to racking up debt to sustain your lifestyle while looking for another job, let's say for example. It's also important to also ensure that you have sufficient insurance coverage in case unforeseen happens, such as accidents. After that, you can then look for ways to invest your spare cash and to grow your excess savings through investments.
1: But is it wise to invest during this period of economic uncertainty? I have about 25000 now and I'm so scared of losing like all
2: of it. That's a very, very nice pool of money to start off with. And to your point on whether or not is it wise to invest during a period of economic uncertainty, I would actually argue that just as good a time as any. Especially given the uncertainty in our economy currently, I would actually suggest taking on a dollar cost averaging approach as it allows you to start investing even with a relatively smaller pool of funds. For someone who has just started out working and assuming you've built up your savings, I would suggest that you can use your This 25K to build a diversified portfolio of assets consisting of bonds and equities. And you can do this by setting aside just as little as $100 each month spacing out your investments and buying into a mixed asset fund, or even investing via exchange-traded funds called ETFs with robo-investment platforms. I think the key thing is to do this consistently over time and to make sure that you are in the market regardless of the economic circumstances.
1: I just hear you use a very interesting term, a dollar cost averaging approach. Can I just understand, is it basically just investing small amounts over a consistent period of time?
2: You're absolutely right. What we mean when we say the dollar cost averaging approach is to essentially buy regularly and consistently. This is better than investing one lump sum simply because by doing a dollar cost averaging approach, we are essentially averaging out your entry price by spacing out your investments over time. And I think the key thing is also that it helps to prevent situations where investors try to time the market. It could also lead to other forms of behaviors that may not be so beneficial to building up your investment portfolio, which is why we strongly advocate a dollar cost averaging approach as a starting point.
1: It does sound like a much more appealing way than investing big sums at one go, like what I've heard a lot of people doing. Um, What are some of the other advantages of taking this dollar cost averaging approach?
2: I think the key thing is that for someone who is relatively new to investing, more importantly, you do not want to be consistently watching the markets. This dollar cost averaging approach is actually the best way to get started because... If you are constantly trying to watch the markets, trying to time the market, chances are in terms of your results, you won't do as well as having a consistent investment plan. And I do believe that the time spent in markets by staying invested, buying gradually and being patient, this usually use a better result in the longer term, at least as opposed to trading frequently, trying to bottom pick your investments. By trying to time the market and hoping to catch an investment when its value has dropped, and then hoping to make a killing, Some call this the buy low, sell high mentality. The results of this usually are not as good as someone who has consistently been investing in the market and spending more time in the market. And I do believe that you can, in fact, Google this and find the results for this quite easily. So, I guess the key point is that it pays to be disciplined and to stay invested. Just to give you one quick example, imagine if you were to invest $100 on a monthly basis, If I compound it over 10 years at an average rate of 5% per annum, which is quite sustainable, especially if you look at the past 10 years' results, this amount of money can easily grow to more than $15,000, which is quite a sizable sum considering how much you started off with.
1: Oh, that is indeed very considerable growth. Well, there is so much information out there today on how people can grow their wealth spectacularly. But where can beginners like myself go to find out more information and to build up my financial knowledge?
2: I do see loads and tons of articles out there, but I do believe that as a start, financial institutions such as OCBC and together with the CPA board, there are many platforms that are focused on financial education. And I do think that these are key areas to start off with. Essentially, they've rolled out numerous campaigns and education materials in recent times on how to retire well, how to build up your investment funds, how to start investing, And together with the benefits of the CPF scheme and how to maximize it, there are also many of what we call financial masterclasses that's available on the OCBC website. This actually provides money management tips, how to avoid debt and how to budget before you even start to move into the investing phase. So these are just some good ways for someone who is new to investment to build up his knowledge base and to also ascertain which are the more reliable knowledge that he can rely on as opposed to rumors and things that may not work out so well.
1: Thanks. Those are very useful tips. So let's say I've started investments. I've started investing some of my money. How should I manage my portfolio as I go along? How often should I review? What are the things that I really should be taking note of?
2: I do think it's very important to review your portfolio on a regular basis. This is especially so if you're taking into account changes in your personal or professional life. This could include things like the birth of a child or even switching jobs. So I would recommend doing a review of at least once a year. We do have our OCBC Live Goals Planner. So users who have used this planner, they will get a reminder to review their goals on an annual basis. And just to go through some of the key things on what you should take note of, I think it's important to go through your assets and your liabilities, especially the liabilities portion. This is crucial because any catastrophic event like a death, or suddenly becoming immobile. Uh, This may actually set you or your loved ones back substantially. It's important for you to make sure that you have sufficient savings also to tide you over should you get retrenched. And leading on into that is that you should also ensure that you have enough savings to ensure that you continue to be sufficiently insured so that your family is covered even if something untoward were to happen towards yourself. Go through your various investments and savings also to make sure that it's relevant to your current needs check if your needs have changed over the last year and if your investment portfolio cater for these changes. Last but not least, it's also important to make sure that you're making efficient use of your financial resources and deploying your savings in the correct asset class. So what I mean by this is that, let's say for example, do you have certain insurance plans that may be a bit more expensive, in which case it may be better to switch to a term plan that offers, maximizes protection at a more cost-efficient level. So, Reviewing your portfolio is an ongoing journey simply because needs evolve over time. I do believe that the key is to get started and to seek help if you're not sure what options are available. And just like anything in life, the more you practice at this, the better you'll get in the process.
1: Um, what are some of the biggest mistakes investment newbies like myself make or what misconceptions do they have when it comes to investments? I think it was something that was especially
2: prevalent last year. Is that when it comes to investing, one of the biggest mistakes that most newbies or even experienced investors make is that they do not have sufficient knowledge about the investment that they are making. So many make investments based simply on hearsay or speculation. And I do believe that this is one very important for to avoid. As when you're investing with this particular mentality, I would actually akin it to gambling and hoping for the best rather than investing by itself. Investing, if you want to define it, it actually takes knowledge and building up uh, on your understanding of fundamentals. If you don't even have that, you are essentially hoping for the best. So I think that's one of the biggest mistakes that most investments, newbies would make. Another would, of course, to be put all your eggs into one basket, which is to not diversify their investment portfolio. We have seen numerous instances of this. Of course, when everything works out fine, it's, it's all great. But if you invest in only that one stock, and ultimately if that stock were to crash, all your savings or if you have lent against it, this may actually crash along with the drop in terms of the stock price. And thus, I think it's extremely important that when it comes to building up an investment portfolio to be diversified rather than to focus on just a single counter or a single stock.
1: So is your advice for investors to diversify? Does it apply even when the economic outlook is like quite bleak?
2: Yes, that will be something that I will continue to advocate for all investors simply because by having that diversification element you are not overly focused on one particular asset class or even one particular stock. Granted, yes, that stock could do well. What you want is to have a bit of exposure or a bit of purchase into that one stock. So much so that even if that stock counter were to drop in terms of its value, you have other assets in your portfolio that helps to beef up or helps to stabilize the overall value of your portfolio. I do think that that's important because the minute once you start reacting, changes in the value of your portfolio, that's where some of your investment decisions may not be so wise. Some of your investment decisions may become very rushed. So it's with that in mind that, yes, I do believe that having that diversification element is especially important for investment portfolios.
1: I see. So if I could summarise, I should set aside my emergency funds first, invest a bit of time using the dollar cost averaging approach. Importantly, review my investments regularly, especially when my life situation changes. And for a more robust portfolio, I should try and diversify. Is that correct? Would that be the accurate summary?
2: That's absolutely correct, Andy. And of course, the last point I'll probably want to add on to that is to continue to build up your financial knowledge. The key thing is that there's so much knowledge that's available. Of course, one also needs to be wise in terms of deciphering which is the correct form of knowledge but I do believe that all these things come as you add on experience and as you add on to your knowledge base so as you build up your knowledge base I do believe that your investment journey will get I wouldn't say easier but I do think that you will at least become much smoother
1: oh I've learned so much today thank you very much Kelvin for taking time to share this useful information with me and our listeners Maybe when I'm more confident, I'll come back to pick your brains about what I should do next. Would that be okay with you? Sure, not a problem, Andy. All right, thank you so much for your time.
0: Before you go, we would love to hear from you. Email us with your questions or comments at podcast at so we can create better content for you. You can also leave us a review on the platform you're listening from to help others learn about our podcast. For the latest news, visit cpf.gov.sg slash podcast or follow our social media pages. Thank you once again. Until the next time, let's talk CPF.